Welcome to the U.S. Glass Magazine Glass and Metal Industry Podcast. Real people, real conversations, real results. This podcast is sponsored by Western Window Systems. And now, here is your host, Deb Levy, publisher of U.S. Glass Magazine. Thank you, Chris, and welcome everyone to our 2021 series of podcasts for U.S. Glass Magazine. We're thrilled to have you here today. Uh, With this series, we're going to be doing something a little different than we have in the past. We're going to be talking to a series of leaders in the industry about leadership and about how they lead their companies. I think it'll be a very insightful journey that we get to go on together. We are very, very pleased and thankful to Western Window Systems for sponsoring this series for us. And I want to introduce you to our first guest. We're thrilled to have with us today Anders Dahlblum, who is the president and CEO of Glaston. Uh, Whenever anyone thinks of international machinery and fabrication equipment, they would think of Glaston. Uh, This company has evolved over the years and has more of a finger on the pulse of the international glass industry than probably any other company I know. And Anders just took over uh, just very recently, and we are very, very delighted to have you join us. Welcome. Thank you, Deb. Very happy to be here. We appreciate your time and wanted to get started just by asking you for our listeners that don't know too much about you, a little bit of your background and information about what led you to Glaston. Sure. So a little bit about my background. So first of all, I'm 46 years old. I live in Helsinki. I have a family with three kids, eight, 10, and 12. And uh, about my uh, career history, so I used to work for a Finnish company named Parok for 18 and a half years. And uh, Parok uh, is for uh, a frontrunner in the insulation business, insulation materials for the construction and building, building material industry. And uh, during that time, uh, we went through several ownership changes. We had six different owners, four of them being private equity owners. We also had a bank-led solution with 34 banks. And then as the last current one, a US publicly traded company, Owen Scorning, bought Parok. And that way Parok became part of a global insulation company, uh, Owen Scorning, and I had the opportunity to lead the European business there. And I think the funny thing here is when we look at Glaston, we are obviously working with uh, investment uh, uh, machineries, but it's pretty much in the similar uh, end customer environment. When we think about uh, buildings, we think about energy uh, efficiency, uh, we think about solutions there. Now we are producing and, and providing machineries for uh, glass and windows and so forth and different solutions where I used to work with insulation for roofs, for ethics and so forth. So from that perspective, uh, this was an uh, interesting opportunity when I was contacted uh, end of uh, spring 2020 that they are looking for somebody to, to um, take over the CEO for, for Glaston. Well, that's great. And I can understand why your unique set of experiences and skills put together were as attractive for Glaston to ask you to join them. Um, what are some of the things that you're looking most forward to accomplishing during your tenure? 
Yeah, I, th- I think first of all, it's a, it's a very interesting company, uh, and uh, if I if I just a little bit reflect on on what I have do- been doing in the past, so we worked a lot with value creation. How do you really create value for the shareholders? How do you grow the company uh, profitable, and and how do you create really a team and and uh, people around you who really can make the change so for me this is an interesting opportunity when we look at glaston i mean the history of glaston goes back 150 years so it's a very long history in the company but at the same time this company is something totally different than it was 150 years ago and it's even very different from what it was two years ago so just in 2019 glaston and bystronics a a german and swiss company came together and that became the new Glaston. So that means what we have in front of us, a big part of the integration has been done, but there is clearly now the second phase of the integration to materialize that potential of the company and build up one Glaston to become a very global successful company. I see, because you've had Bystronic for about uh, 18 months now, right? Yeah, that's correct. Let me ask you also, uh, I've had the privilege of interviewing a number of CEOs over the year, uh, years, and I know there are different things that you want to accomplish for the company, but it's always been an amazement to me how every CEO defines their own professional success a little differently. So how, if, how when you judge yourself, will you define yourself as successful? Uh, when, when I think about uh, success, so obviously, one thing uh, for a, a company that is publicly listed, uh, we want to create shareholder value. And how do we create shareholder value? That's by uh, growing the business and doing that uh, uh, also uh, profitable. And when I think about the first step, so what we are currently doing, what we kicked off in January when I joined officially, so the first thing is obviously to together with the key people come up with the strategy. So go through the strategy, make sure we understand what do we want to be in certain amount from now. So what we are doing, we are saying by 2025, we want to become X. And then the next question is uh, to really go around it and analyze the situation and find out the right focus areas. So I think when, when we think about something, here is the target, the ambition, what you want to become. The next question is, how do we get there? And and that's, of course, the most difficult question. So when we say, how do we get there? Then we come to multiple questions like, what do we lack to be able to reach something? And and one key question for me is really first always people and customers. Because the only way for me, when I think about uh, achieving something uh, as a leader of a company or corporation is, building a good team around you and and uh, working with leadership so we really can make sure we create an inclusive environment where we really have clear aligned targets priorities and understand our expectations and responsibilities and i, I think glaston is known worldwide as having what we would call here a very deep technical bench in terms of having uh, really expertise in a in a lot of technical areas beyond what most companies have that provide similar services. So I'm sure you're um, leveraging that. 
Yeah, I think one, if I look at the strengths of the companies, I mean, we are a technology leader, which is a very good uh, enabler for, for, for uh, success. And I think we also have a lot of skilled people. I think the, the key here in a new environment, when we have two similar sized companies, by, owned by Stronics and, and, and Glaston merged together. So really the key for us is to come up with a strategy. What can we do as one new Glaston? And then the question is about people, leadership. How do we lead the company towards that ambition that we set for ourselves? Sure. Is there any part of that strategy that you'd like to share? Anything you're comfortable letting us know that you're doing? Well, I already talked about value creation. So that's, of course, the ultimate target that we want to achieve. And uh, uh, we are working, obviously, on the uh, first part is really to map together the facts around the table. What are the facts? What are the market sizes? Which markets? and segments are for us relevant where we do want to play. So we are talking about working on, on uh, where to play. So understanding which are the key areas for us, which are the key segments for us, where we really want to play, where we should play, where we have an advantage and can achieve something, something uh, great. And of course, at the same time, uh, creating common ways of working after, a, after a, an acquisition as we have behind us, that for sure is a foundation uh, for, for uh, continuous improvement, for having uh, streamlined processes that will enable us then to achieve uh, the growth targets in the said and agreed markets and regions. We have a little coincidence there in that I have a, a sort of a list of questions that I, I had uh, jotted down before we spoke. And your comment talking about where to look, where the growth areas are, kind of plays right into the next question I had on my list, which was about world markets. And, and I'm sure this is going to be a very different conversation than we would have had 14 months ago before the pandemic. But what areas of the world do you see as growth markets right now? And which areas do you feel have declined the most? Yeah, so if, if we look at Glaston where we play today, so given the size of the company, we are, we are uh, less than 1,000 people and, and uh, <coughs> revenue uh, around 200 million, but we are very global for our size. So that, of course, is one challenge. And one part of the strategy is always to understand uh, where, where to prioritize and what to focus on. We can't run everywhere. That will not be, be um, we will not have resources for, for that. So... For us, we are currently big players in the whole Europe, in the EMEA region. Uh, North America for us is, is a very key area. And then the same is Asia. So those are for us currently the, the key areas where we play. We also play elsewhere, but there we are a smaller player. I see. And and have you felt that your customers uh, around the world have changed their businesses and their models in the last uh, 14 months? And, and let me ask a second part to that. You know, how have you had to adapt to the pandemic as well? Yeah, obviously, I'm not with, with that two, two months behind me, so I don't have all the details behind how we adapted to the pandemic. But uh, <clears throat> if, I look at, if I look at the company and, and through, through 2020 and the pandemic, so obviously it was a, a very tough year for everybody and also for Glaston. And of course, the first thing was to understand what does the pandemic mean in, the, in March, April 2020. And, and one thing of, 
it was really first to, to operate safely, to make sure that our people can be safe at work, be safe in, in moving into remote working conditions. And at the same time, of course, it's important that we can produce our uh, solutions uh, to our customers. So I think there are two folders. So one, keep our personnel safe and at the same time, make sure we can keep our operations running. Uh, since we are uh, providing uh, uh, glass processing technologies uh, through which are mainly investment decisions for companies. So for that reason, many companies, they cut their investments significantly in 2020. And obviously that has an impact on, on new machinery investments, which have led to, to uh, difficult um, times for us. But at the same time, we did a lot of work on the integration and we focused on, on streamlining and, and, and <clears throat> gain the, the advantages from that. And we made a lot on the cost side as well. And we came out uh, pretty well uh, in, in that environment. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm sure that's got to be very, very challenging when you're planning on setting up new um, processing equipment, but your um, set of skilled people who set that up can't quite get there. That's, that's I'm sure, had to be very challenging as well as all the reduction in budgets for purchase. But I think at the same time, uh, the pandemic year, I mean, there are also a lot of good learnings and new new things. So mm-hmm. given the fact that... that uh, uh, most of our people, uh, we went, we moved to remote working conditions, and and traveling was uh, uh, close to impossible. So that forced us, and as well as everybody else, to think about new right. ways of working. And I think that is, of course, also some kind of innovation. And, and how do we cope? How do we keep in contact with first with our teams internally? How do we co- stay connected with our people? How do we communicate with customers without being physically there, uh, how do we make sure we really operate in that environment? And, and that has been, I mean, I think positive developments that we for sure will benefit from uh, in the future as well. That makes sense. Um, let me turn a little bit more internally here for a minute, because one of the things that I've noticed over the years in covering Glaston, um, you know, which previously was Tam Glass and then Glaston years ago, uh, is that the company's been pretty aggressive in reorganizing various business units and segments. Um, probably one of the more aggressive companies in that area that we've seen. And I noticed that during the most recent reorganization of those units, that automotive is now uh, part of automotive and emerging technology. And I was just curious if you could talk a little bit about putting those two together. Uh, because that's that's kind of a unique thing to do, and I was wondering what the rationale was behind that. Obviously, one, one part of, of uh, our business is to, to look into new solutions, new innovations, and, and, and R&Ds, and, and also uh, emerging technologies. That, that is part of our, our work that we want to do continuously. What we actually did now, uh, as beginning of January when I started, we actually moved into three business areas. So we have uh, one, which is our architectural glass, and then we have, uh, which is called heat treatment. Then we have our insulating glass technologies, and then the automotive and display technologies. So what we said here is the emerging technologies, we are actually now moving inside the company into an internal 
R&D, technology development, and a new business development. So that is something we are moving in there. And instead, we focus on these three business areas as our core businesses. I see. Well, you know, here in the States, it's been pretty common that automotive technology uh, for glass is rather led and, and bled into architectural glass more than the opposite. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see that you all were feeling maybe the same way. Very interesting conversation we're having. Thank you, Anders. And we're going to take a break for just a couple of moments and be right back. Hi there, I'm Brian, and I'm a window nerd. And like everyone at Western Window Systems, I'm hooked on high-performance doors and windows that can help you build better. Got questions about configurations for a new construction project? Fire away. Curious about factory glazed options for a multifamily job? How much time you got? And our industry-leading sizes? <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm Brian, and I'm a window nerd for Western Window Systems. Contact us about your next project at www.scommercial.com. Fellow nerds, welcome. Welcome back. This is Deb Levy. I'm the publisher of U.S. Glass Magazine, and I'm speaking today with Andres Dahlblum, who is the president and CEO of Glaston, a company based in Finland that is no stranger to anyone in the glass industry. I'm, I'm wondering what your view, and I'm sure that our listeners would be very interested in knowing your view of what the next 24 months look like on a, a economic level worldwide, and then maybe what the next five years look like. When you're planning, what basis do you plan? So obviously, forecasting the future is always difficult, but we know, and one thing we know, you will always be wrong about the forecast. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> right. right. Uh, Obviously, everybody needs to lie on something. And uh, I mean, if we just look at the 2020 as a starting point, we have seen uh, quite uh, big declines in certain areas. And, and we, if we look at our more biggest drivers, so the res residential construction is one big driver. The other one is the commercial construction. And, and then thirdly, for our automotive industry, I mean, it's really, I mean, uh, vehicle capacity production. Uh, and we know that the, the automotive industry has been in a pretty big change in the past couple of years. Last mm -hmm. year we saw production units coming down 35%, which is quite significant. So obviously that has impacted the automotive business quite a lot. If you think about automotive going forward, uh, it's clear that, that that industry is really facing a big change because of uh, new kind of cars, uh, displays of the cars and, and really how they will look. Uh, different features under um, uh, energy efficiency and safety and so forth. So I think the industry as such is very interesting and we expect that one to grow in the, in the midterm. And we also know that the official forecast for automotive production is uh, forecasted globally to increase 15% this year. So obviously that will gradually have a positive impact on our business. Then also the, the, the residential part of the, the construction activity, which is impacting mainly our two uh, the heat treatment business and our, and our inflating glass. That, that one is, 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 has a positive trend, especially in the US currently, it's very strong, but also in the Europe and, and uh, in, in Asia. The more challenging one is the commercial business, the commercial construction, uh, and, and that has had an impact from the pandemic. Uh, so that is a more modest or, or a lower growth uh, for the coming year. But I think 
The, the interesting thing for us here is we are in an industry where uh, mega drivers are really helpful in front of us. We talk about one big one is energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. We know that 40% of the energy consumption today comes from buildings, either heating up buildings or cooling down buildings. And the single biggest opportunity to re reduce that energy and at the same time the CO2 emissions, which is highly on the agenda globally, is really uh, windows. So by insulating and renovating and, and putting new windows, we can take significantly part of that uh, equation. So then we have urbanization for big cities, energy efficiency, the renovation part, and also the safety buildings, different kind of buildings, smarter buildings with green, green angles, uh, etc. So all those are really in front of, uh, in favor of us. Uh, and the sustainability is something that is very close to, to our heart and what we, what we want to participate in. So from that perspective, we see the, the midterm uh, as, a, as a positive growth opportunity. Sure. Sure. Let me, uh, let me follow up a little bit on the energy issue, because yes, I can see that uh, the company has uh, positioned itself in an energy area. And of course, I have a, a North American view on this, which I hope you'll forgive me, but here's my two questions. The first is here in this, the States, especially building codes have become big drivers of where and how much glass uh, you can use. So the focus has really become on extremely energy efficient products to be able to counter that. Is that something that you see worldwide or is that something that's more specific only to North America? What, what I have seen here and what we know, so really if we think about the sustainability and really mm, reducing energy costs and CO2 emissions, so it's really highly on the agenda, I would say globally. If we take Europe as such, I would say Europe is, is further ahead in, in, in this sustainability than the US. And when you say that you, you are in the US and you see this in, in the US, in, in Europe, we are actually, we have seen this already slightly earlier than the US and we are further ahead. Also in Asia, this is clearly on the agenda. And, and that's what makes this so interesting that we are really strong and healthy mega drivers uh, that, that we work with Makes sense. Um, of course, the other challenge, too, is the one that we see here quite frequently, where, you know, we will discuss the use of glass and how more, much more energy efficient it has become and its additional qualities. And people on the other side of the issue will say, that may be true. However, the energy usage to manufacture the glass through the processing process, fabrication, are highly energy intensive. And, uh, you know, I often hear criticism of the industry in that the perception is that we haven't done a good job in reducing energy usage in the manufacturing area. Would you, would you, would you have a thought on that? Do you think that's a valid criticism? Well, if I, if, if I compare it to my previous work where we have come from a heavy industry and, and manufactured mineral wool, uh, that, that uh, energy consumption is highly, it's higher than it is in, in, in this glass industry. But they said, nevertheless, yes, there is an energy consumption for producing glass for sure, yes. Then, then I think the way we want to look at it is twofold. One thing is we want to make sure that our machineries uh, are developed in such a way that 
we reduce the energy consumption. And we have great evidence of that. If we look at our, for instance, heat treatment machineries, we have actually in the past 10 years reduced the energy consumption for the machineries by 30%. And that's something we want to continue to make sure that we have automated machines, we reduce the energy consumption for our own product, for the machine when they produce. But on the other hand, we should look at the longer term equation. So when we talk about, for instance, renovating a building, so by changing the windows, the big impact we get from that, from reduced energy consumption for that single building is multiplied compared to what it's caused by producing that glass. So if you look at that equation that by renovating or building a building in a sustainable way, we actually have a very, very positive sustainability aspect for a, if you look at the 40, 50 year period. That's a very good point. One I've heard uh, a number of other larger companies talk about as well, especially with regard to renovation. So I appreciate your, your, your point on that. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the uh, Bystronic acquisition and integration. Um, do you feel it's been successful for the company? Are there things that we need to look, look forward to in the future coming out of that area? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I would divide a, an integration like this in like two folders. So I think the one thing is that when, when you merge two companies, and in this case, Bystronic and, and Glaston, there are, in some cases, you have locations in, a, in one country, you have two locations or three locations, and it makes sense there to, to, to uh, come down to one location. And um, uh, similar thing in China, we had two factories, so mm -hmm. it makes sense to consolidate and move into one factory. So I think these kind of overlapping things uh, we have done, and mm -hmm. we had a target to save 4 million uh, from <clears throat> from these synergies that were sort of overlapping uh, operations. We actually reached reach 6 million by end of 2020. So I would say in that respect, we did a very good job from, from the first part of the integration. Then we come to the second part of the integration. And that's really in how I see and, and on my agenda now that how do we really take out the real benefit now of being one cluster? So that comes to the ways that harmonized ways of working, building up, uh, working on the leadership, working on teamwork, that we really become a company that has common values, common ways of working. We really work excellent with our customers. I think one key thing for us is really uh, to, to uh, getting customers to say, wow, in everywhere, every place where we work. So really that they pay the, pay the waste and, and we want to make win together with the customers. So I would say that the second wave is really about ways of working and then taking the advantage also that we have customers, uh, similar customers in, in our different three business areas that we also, how can we utilize that benefit and make sure that the customer sees one glassstone and, and we benefit from that and we can uh, increase our uh, cross selling through also between the businesses. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I know you come from a, a building products background, but I'm very curious, uh, what have you found out uh, since you made the move to Glaston? What have you found out about the glass industry that surprised you? Well, I'm not sure I have found big surprises, actually. I think the, the, um, maybe what surprised me maybe more is that when I look at the building materials and the glass industry, I see a lot of similarities there. 
It's mm-hmm. somehow a, a very interesting industry where everybody knows everybody. And it's an industry where people tend to have very long careers. That's the similar in, in, in the business where I came mm-hmm. Really many people have worked like 20 years or some people up to 40 years and they retire from this single industry. So I think there are the similarities I see there. Then I think also what I see, and which was not a real surprise, but the old construction business, there is still a lot of potential in the business sort of globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would say everything what comes to digitalization, automatization, uh, how we work in a modern way. I think there is there is a lot of great opportunities in this whole industry. But it's 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 great. I, I love this industry. It's, I'm it's glad great. you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Um, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners today, or anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted to bring up? Well, I think maybe one thing what I could share is a little bit maybe more personal. We talked about leadership in the beginner. And uh, I think one thing obviously is uh, when we talk about leadership and and that people, uh, it's important also to think about well-being. And and well-being goes goes to everybody themselves and and to to everybody as leaders. And I think that's something I would like just to point out. and say to everyone that it's very important that we take care of ourselves uh, and not only uh, think about work. So um, what I do myself, I do a lot of sports, mm-hmm. running, skiing in winter times in Finland, cross country, uh, yeah. do some gym currently at home and when, when the mm-hmm. pandemic is there. And then I find a very nice way of um, calming down in the evenings during the winter time here, what we call ice dipping. You go down into cold nice. water, ice dipping, and come up, and, and then you really feel relaxed and, and uh, after that. Well, and I'm sure so, with three children, you're you're very busy with those kinds of sports too. Indeed. But I think the important thing is really the, 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 the own well-being. They, and the well-being goes beyond the work. It goes through the whole 24-7 what you do. Work, working life balance, sports, eating, etc. That makes sense. And I appreciate your sharing that. Thank you. Because I think especially when you have difficult times like we've had through COVID, it's hard to always remember that, you know, and kind of get a little singularly focused without remembering to put your own oxygen mask on first, so to speak. So that's great. Well, I really appreciate your time. I thank you so much. And thank you for being our first guest. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Well, thank you again, and thanks to everyone at Glaston who helped facilitate this very interesting conversation today, and thanks, too, to our sponsor, Western Window Systems. We appreciate your support of these podcasts as well. We'll be back again with another podcast soon.